Hello, and welcome to the Tarot to Go radio podcast. I'm Anastasia Hazler, the executive director. Here with me today, Rose Red. Hello, everyone. And Andrew, hello. Artemis J, welcome. And our very special guest, Cooch Daniels. Welcome, hey. Cooch. Hello. Hi, everybody. And we're very excited because Cooch is actually here with us. We're not on the phone. We actually have her in our physical presence, and that's a delight. And Indeed. everybody's looking really good here, let me tell you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank, <laughs> well, you. thank you. Oh, that's sweet of you to say. So, Cooch, I'm really happy that you were able to join us in studio today. Um, thank you. You know, a lot of our guests are on the other side of the continent or the other side of the planet, so it's actually nice to be able to have some face-to-face -face conversation. For me, too. Great. <laughs> You're probably familiar with Cooch as the author of The Tarot d'Amour, um, which all week long I've been keep thinking that it's a deck, and Cooch keeps reminding me, no, it's just a book. And it's like, no, but it's a deck. No, it's a book. Um, it so, will be a deck. Yes, it, it will be a it deck. It will be a deck. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so, And if you've read it, then you know how wonderful it is. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend putting it on your reading list. Yes. Especially because Valentine's is coming up, and it's very much about love and romance and relationships. Mm -hmm. So um, if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about how you got the idea to take that particular approach to the tarot and because, how you got started on it. Well, I've been studying tarot all my life. Mm -hmm. I started off doing readings in front of Gerald Jelly Square for oh, a wow. dollar a reading way back when. <laughs> way back when a dollar could get you more than half a dollar. Yes, it, it was like, you know, <laughs> oh boy, I'm like doing really good. I did ten dollars worth of readings today. Yay! <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was, you know, it was really impressive way uh -huh. back then. Mm -hmm. For the true love of the art. So I've been in the biz a long time mm -hmm. and love is always one of the most popular subjects. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I have been writing little this's and that's about the cards and trying to put a book together. And I was one of these people who, you know, you send it to like six different publishers and you get rejections. No, we're not going to buy your book. And it's like, <laughs> so I asked a friend of mine who had sold a couple books, well, how do you do it? And he said, put sex in the title. And I went, oh, really? Because it was already a book about Tarot and love. Mm -hmm. But I was leaving out sex because I'm trying to be a little more discreet about Right. You know, how do, this is my heart, this is my soul. I'm putting all my energy into it. It's like, if I put sex into it, people might get the wrong idea. So, <laughs> it's not one of those books. It's not one of the, right, it's not <laughs> one of those. So I thought to myself, well, a couple more rejections came in. I thought, okay, well, let's see if it does work putting sex in the title. And mm -hmm. so I changed the title to, uh, I don't remember the exact title, but it had the word sex in it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And Wow, <laughs> within a month, I'm getting a good call. Coach, we've got somebody interested in your book. <laughs> I go, oh, great, it just needed a three-letter word that I wasn't including. Well, there you go. So, it, of course, after the word was in the title, then I had to put a little more energy in that direction in the book, and I go, oh my God, I'm prostituting myself to get this book published. Oh. But... It is a really valuable book, as far as I can tell, with lots of information to help right. people with their love life in mm -hmm. general. And the sexual part of it is, is minor, but mm -hmm. it's there for people who want to explore that as well. Also, you know, a lot of times people will have a perfectly satisfactory relationship on an emotional intellectual level, but they can't get things working on the sexual energy level because of past experiences or social conditioning or whatever. And so I think it is valid to include that in a book about love and relationships. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the because two, it's part of love and relationships. Because yeah, you know, the two things couples fight about most, money and sex. 
And you know, which one they fight about most depends on the economy, but those are the top two things that couples fight about. So I think that including the sex was probably made it just that much more useful. Well, I'm glad to hear you think that because there's still a part of me going, oh, I had to prostitute myself to sell the book. But it's, it, it, it worked. Mm -hmm. yeah. no, it's a subject that comes in with most reading requests as well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's true. People do talk about sexuality mm -hmm. and, and have problems, and they, they're oftentimes a little more shy talking about them, but they're so happy when they can talk mm -hmm. about them. Mm -hmm. And if you leave that door open, people can bear their soul in a mm -hmm. way that gives them a deeper sense of a healing from a reading because mm -hmm. you're not leaving anything out or you you don't have to keep things that might not be that easy to talk about you can talk about them mm -hmm. and it creates more of a, a, a an exchange mm -hmm. also I think for a lot of people they simply don't know who to talk with about a sexual matter because it's like right. well this isn't complicated enough that I want to pay a therapist I can't talk to my best friend about it because my best friend will think I'm weird or, you know, and, you know, talking to random strangers on the subway is probably not a good idea. <laughs> probably not. Um, you know, at least on the Bay Area. Because <laughs> they might know more than, than you really want or, to know. Or, you know, it's, or they'll hand you their card because they're a therapist. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, that, that's probably the most likely thing. Um, but I think that is important to include, and I know that sometimes when people sit down and, you know, well, I want to talk about, you know, my relationship, and it's like... You know, and the thing is, well, you know, I think he's cheating on me, or my partner wants to have an open relationship, and I completely can't handle that. What do I do? And so and it's that's like, a very popular topic. Yeah, and it's like, well, okay, because there's you know the emotional component of it, but there's also the sexual component, and they're really so tightly intertwined, you can't pick them apart. And so I think that the approach that you take in the Tarot more really helps a lot of people with that, because you say, you know, here's some things to think about with the card. And here's some things to think about. How does this apply to your relationship? Yep. I think that's terrifically helpful, and I don't think you should feel bad at all about including it. Oh, thank you, Anastasia. Because <laughs> it's out there for the world to see. <laughs> Bearing my soul to the world. Yeah, well, it, that is the one thing about writing a book is, you know, you know, these are my thoughts, these are my opinions, but, you know, we're all human, and this all comes from an emotional basis. No matter how intellectual and scholarly it is, there's still an emotional basis to the work. And it's like, wow, do I really want to share this with the whole world? You know, I don't have a book published, but I blog regularly. And sometimes I'll be typing away on something like, I don't think I'm going to post this. Or maybe I'll edit it before I post it, but I don't, I don't want to share that much because I don't know if people want to know, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> and second of all, I'm just, it's like, how much do I want to reveal here? Right. Um, so I think it's very courageous that you did so. I did it with my husband who co-wrote with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have a male point of view and a female point of view, mm -hmm. which, which is also balances the, the hormones, so mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's nice, though, because that balance helps, you know, men who are trying to do tarot, too, and, and applying this to their lives. It's like, oh, there's a guy's view out there, too. I think that really is a good balance. It is a good balance. I was really surprised. I, I worked at Harrow's on New Year's, which I've been doing for the last five years up in Reno. That's and my husband intense. and I went. Oh, yes, it's very intense. But right. I was really surprised because for my husband's line of people who queued up, they were all men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He did not have one woman in his line, mm -hmm. and I was going... This, because there were two other readers that were women, mm -hmm. and so often when we work out in the world, there's like lots of women, mm -hmm. not very many men. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, obviously the men want to talk to men here tonight. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, 
you know, some, sometimes it's easier to talk to someone of the same gender um, or about the same age bracket or whatever because they're in a similar position and they can understand. Or they've been there, know that. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and also, for example, uh, Andrew and I had a client who came to our booth at a Renaissance fair and he didn't tell us that he wanted Andrew to read for him. He just said he wanted someone to read for him. And Andrew, being the front desk person who also reads, um, passed him on to whoever was available. It happened to be me. And I read for the gentleman, and everything I said, he stonewalled. He just was very much, no, 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 no. And I, I said, you know what? I don't want to charge you for this reading because obviously I'm not doing you any good. He's like, well, actually, I really wanted him to read for me. And I'm like, oh, him as an Andrew, him, him as an Andrew, as an Andrew. Yeah. The, the, the one gentleman who was at the at the booth at the time. And I'm like, oh, well, then why don't we do that? And, and why didn't you just say, say so? That? Well, I didn't want to say that part. Well, that yeah. was just a little bit rude. But <laughs> it's sexual discrimination. Yeah. Yeah. But again, the moment Andrew read for him, he was much happier. Mm -hmm. And was. I think we actually said the exact same things to this gentleman. But hearing it from a male perspective, I think, helped him be able to listen to it and hear it. I think that happens with people sometimes. Yeah, and I think some of his issues were born out of needing to hear it from another male instead of listening to a woman tell him right. what he didn't really want to face. But if you heard it from another guy telling this, you know, this is how it is, this is what you're dealing with. It's like, yeah, yeah, that is real. It's not just, you know, some women crazy. putting that on me. It's, you know, it's an actual It's not thing. my mother. Yeah. Right. I'm afraid it's going to be my mother one more time. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Or, you know, it, and, you know, but there are some people for whom it is, you know, information is only credible if it comes delivered in a low male voice. This is true. Yeah. And some women and, want a male voice. You know, and they and want that, to hear it yeah. from a man. And, and, you know, that's okay. That's what works. But um, but it's really interesting. But thank heavens they need women too. Yes. <laughs> well, it, it, it's really interesting. I, I, I worked at this party last night, and it was a group of seven women, and so you know, I was expecting like lots of this intense female energy, and um, you know, they were just all kind of like, yeah, whatever, da 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 da. Because I've worked all women events before, and it's been like this really intense estrogen bonding kind of thing, and last night it was just sort of like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, it's like, well, okay, I guess we're not getting this, this female bonding thing happening here, this, you know, woman power, but whatever. But there um, were seven women? Mm-hmm. So a, a group of sev seven is a seven vibration, which is very Neptunian, because mm -hmm. in numerology, at least Vedic numerology, seven and Neptune kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're in there trying to help people sort through their dreams and their visions, and you're the, the feminine goddess archetype to mm -hmm. help them see their path. So you needed to be there. Yeah, well, it's, it's I had one other reader working the event with me because they wanted rather longer readings, and mm. so we, you know, two of us went, we work. split it up. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's okay. That's, you know, that's why we do these events, besides the fact that they're just fun. And, you know, you're not a tarot reader if you don't actually read for people. <laughs> you can own all the decks and books you want, but unless you actually sit down and read for people, are you really a reader? But whole other whole other conversation. Um, but, uh, but if everybody was a reader, then who would read for who? Well, you so know, it's, it's, I'm perfectly happy to have people read for me. Um, you know, it's like, you want to read for me? Cool. That's great. I'm happy with that, and I'm happy to read for people. Um, and, you know, most of the readers I know swap readings, which is how they get That's most true. of the readings. At, well, at one point in my life, I, I had, like, a couple negative readings in a row, and mm -hmm. I was really annoyed that these people had, like, laid these trips on me. <laughs> because you really, sometimes people, they 
they can give you a little more information than you're prepared for or you know mm -hmm. you disagree with it and I was saying I'm not going to have any more readings that's it I quit I can be a reader <laughs> but I quit having readings I no more readings thank you very much so you have to believe I'm, I'm like dreaming and in my dream I go into this carnival and I crawl up in this little man's lap and he had a big lump on his head and he was mm -hmm. like a, a little short person a small person mm -hmm. And he's like stroking me and he starts giving me this most intense reading about what's going to happen to me in my next 20 years of my life. I woke up from that going, and that dream and I went, no, I'll, I'll get my readings on the physical plane. I don't need them. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not Sounds like the reading's going to come to you whether you want it or not. My karma is to get readings. I will, I, I, I'll just really be careful with what I say and I, I'm, I'm happy getting readings. And then I didn't have to have readings in my dreams anymore. <laughs> Which That was one of my more intense readings. I've probably remembered it for years because it was so detailed and I was going, is all that stuff really going to happen to me in the next 20 years? Wow. So it, it's kind of like, you know, you have to be really, if you're a reader, I think you have to be open that this is what you're doing. You have to be really clear about how to do it in a way that's ethical and you have integrity mm -hmm. and you're putting out energy. Let's make sure that you, I can communicate with whoever's giving me a reading in a way that we can share something that'll be valuable for both of us. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I, that dream actually changed my perception about readers and readings mm -hmm. and made me a little bit more on my toes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, also it's, it's, it's the nice thing about choosing to have the readings on the material plane is you choose the time and the place <laughs> and the person as opposed to the universe just saying, okay, let's see, and Tuesday night, cooches do. <laughs> Your turn. Um, and we've got somebody really, really <laughs> spooky that's going to really clarify your path. But she can handle it. She's, she's giving readings, so she can handle it. Yeah. It's, it's funny. At the party last night, um, the other reader read for a woman who was asking about her children. Because she recently had a baby, and they have a child who's a couple of years older who's having trouble adjusting to not being the only child anymore. Mm -hmm. And so the other is like, okay, let's take a look at that. And she flips over and it's the tower. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, her queen is being dethroned. Her little princess is being yeah. dethroned. Uh, her little prince, Big actually. Oh, her little prince yes. is being dethroned. Yes, and it's like, okay, fast shuffle. What do we do with this? <laughs> she only has to worry about it for the next 28 years. Yeah, well. Till the first Saturn return, and then it'll all sort itself out. <laughs> but hey, you tell somebody, okay, for the next 20 years, it's just going to be hell. <laughs> Welcome to parenthood. This is your life. Yeah, yeah. welcome to parenthood, actually. But, um, but yeah, but it, it, it just... Um, well, parenthood's like a mix between heaven and hell because sometimes kids give you the, the largest share of joy you could ever experience mm -hmm. or ever hope to experience, and other times they're driving you nuts. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really a balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, and I, I have clients, so I chose not to have children. Oh, those are your children. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's and you don't easier. have to pay for their college education. Yeah, they don't need braces. They don't want prom dresses. You know, I don't have to they worry don't about want their your car keys. Yeah, I don't have to worry about what they're doing after midnight if they haven't come home. You know, just all this stuff. They're just clients, and I can turn off the cell phone. <laughs> so a little bit easier to manage than that. Um, of course, she never does that. Clients, she'll always be there for you. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, um, we, we travel outside the U.S. a lot, and when we go to Europe, my business card does have my U.K. cell phone number on it. Mm -hmm. If people feel they really, really, really have to talk to me across an eight or nine hour time difference, that number is available to them. But they have to decide whether it's really worth calling me across the time difference and across the ocean. But it's like, no, let's, here's the number, and you know, no one's ever called me. Let me have your number. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> Give me my card. I'm going to pass it out. <laughs> Put it on the bathroom stalls. Call this number at 3 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, but it's okay. 3 in the morning here is 11 in the morning there. So, ah, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, I always remind people there's an eight-hour time difference. So if it's 5 p.m. here, it's 1 a.m. there, I'm not answering. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the phone will be on silent. It will go to voicemail. And I'll call you when I get up, which is when you'll be asleep. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why nobody's ever called. Uh, but anyway, but I want to talk a little bit about um, going back to your book, The Tarot de Moore. Um, one of the things I really like about it is that you analyze the cards in different contexts. And, you know, for example, like the card of the chariot. People go, so what's so romantic or sexy about the chariot? You know, it's this crazy guy in a chariot driving too fast. Like, well, okay, let's look at that. And the fact that you're able to sit down with the cards and do that mm -hmm. and really look for those aspects. Because I think, um, particularly when you've been reading for a long time, you kind of get in this mode of chariot, it's action, it's ambition, it's blah, 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 blah. And you kind of forget that there are other elements to that. And I think that in your book, the way you approach them and put that information in is very helpful to people and go, all oh, right, there's more to it than just, you know, career. Because, you know, people look at Cherry and go, oh, this is about your career. Well, maybe it isn't. Maybe this is somebody who's like, I need to get married and have my first kid by the time I'm 30. Whoa, that's an ambition too. It is. Um, yes, and a lot of women have that. Or maybe men too, but mm -hmm. I hear it more from women. women yeah, yeah it's, it's, I, I have a, um, an acquaintance who, that was her goal, that by the time she turned 30, she had to be married and have her first kid. And I'm thinking, just a little pressure. Maybe you should focus on finding the right person to do these things with, um, because she, did, she she missed it by two months, um, but she, oh, she she did get married. She was close. Yeah, she was really really close. She was just a couple months past, and um, but of course it, she hadn't picked the right person. She just picked the first person who came along that was reasonably tolerable. That was going to help her fulfill that goal. Yeah, it's mm. like you know you could have just gotten a sperm donor. <laughs> True. Um, well, but, on you know, one level, he was. Yeah, but, you know, but sperm donors don't pay alimony. So, oh, oh, you know, that's um, a fringe benefit. Yeah, and you know, and that's exactly the direction it went, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, but it, it's so you know, or looking at going back to giving emotional interpretations or romantic interpretations for each card when you're doing readings, because so much focus is on relationships and love. When you're looking at the pentacles, which is the material financial mm -hmm. suit, or the earth, uh, represents earth and money and mm -hmm. right. physical your, reality. your physical reality, that you need to be able to know how to look at that card and discuss it in relationship to love. So when I was putting my interpretations together, it was over a couple decades of listening to people talk about their love life in, in relation to all these cards, that mm -hmm. it becomes clear, well, what is the Eight of Pentacles or what is the Chariot in relation to love? Because you have to be able to talk about each card in relation to emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, you're going to be kind of lost for words when you're in a one-hour session with somebody and right. it's about their divorce or mm -hmm. about their emotional direction. Mm -hmm. And if you can't talk about the cards totally in relation to the the question the question then what are you going to say right so every card has that kind of a focus which is let's figure out how to talk about this card in relation to love mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well it's really interesting cuz you know the writer wade smith 10 of pentacles is you know the the man and the woman and the kid and all the grapes in the vineyard and the you know that everything really nice and then there's, you know, what one assumes is probably the grandfather in the foreground, right? 
And so it came up in a reading I was doing for a client. And yeah, I did my usual, so what does the card suggest to you? And she goes, we're waiting for my father-in-law to die so we can inherit. Whoa! Like, oh, well, um, glad I asked. Because uh, <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, you're a big tipper. Because, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, inheritance is one of the associations with that particular Rider Waite Smith image. Um, but for her to just state it so flatly was really a shock to me. And, you know, she's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, we just know that's the reality. You know, we're not doing anything to hurry him along, but <laughs> that's what's going to happen. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm glad I don't have dinner at your house on a regular basis. <laughs> um, and it's Which like, brings Ooh. up another topic. A lot of times people expect you to be able to see when somebody's going to die mm -hmm. or when am I going to die. And mm -hmm. that is such a no-no for me personally when I'm looking at cards. Mm -hmm. I always say, you know, I'm not, I'm not really allowed to share that information with you. And just if people get that question, I would like to recommend that they don't think that they can look at you know the numbers on the cards and add them all together and figure out how many years a person has right, to live. Yeah. Right. Because I've done readings for people who have had those kind of readings mm -hmm. where they've been told, okay, you're going to die at 26. And Another. the person will be totally fried emotionally mm -hmm. thinking that they're really going to die at that time mm -hmm. and asking me if I can see it or if I can verify it. So mm -hmm. just for the record, if you are learning how to read, don't think that you have to answer every question that people ask. You, you always have discrimination of, you know, is that going to really help a person or is that going to mm -hmm. make a person nuts? Right. And, you know, frankly, is that something they really need to know? Even if you have the ability to pull the answer out of the cards, which I think very few people actually do, and if you do have that ability to have that kind of foresight, what good is it going to do this person? And what if you're wrong? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's like, oh, you're going to have a long life, and they leave you your, your, you know, reading office and get run over by a bus. It's like, well, it kind of blew that one, didn't you? Um, and also, I don't think that it's reasonable for us as readers to take on a responsibility for someone else's life in that way. Mm -hmm. I think that is incredibly presumptuous. Um, I totally agree with you. You know, it's like, if somebody told me, oh, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, I'm like, and no, because, you know, the minute somebody tells you something, you can make choices that go in a different direction. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Heisenberg, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Once um, something is known, the qualities of that known thing have changed. Yep. So Just even, yeah, Knowing just by being aware of it. That you know. And um, I, you know, I've only ever met one person who could predict the future. She was a palm reader, and she was scary accurate. Hmm. Like, really, um, one of the readings I got from her, she said, you're taking a plane trip, and you're on this airline, and it's this date, and your plane's scheduled to leave at this time. That's pretty good. <laughs> it was like, wow. And there was no way she could have known that. And, you know, and I asked her, and she said that you know, when she looked in the palm, she, it was either like reading text, like reading a book, or she saw, well, it was like watching a movie, and she was describing the action. Hmm. But she's the only person I've ever known who could actually predict the future. But everybody else, it's like, I really don't think it's as common an ability as people would want to believe, um, particularly people who want to believe it about themselves. Most people don't want to believe that it's possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because our intuition is very... Um, moldable mm -hmm. and it takes the form of your belief system there's a lot of people that just don't believe they can do it and mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it doesn't really happen mm -hmm. but I think with 
the younger generation and the seeds that are coming, being planted on the earth, more mm -hmm. people are open to mm -hmm. opening their heart mm -hmm. and being more sensitive mm -hmm. and able to see more with their third eye. And I think people are moving more towards becoming, it's going to be more, uh, uh, yeah. uh, larger numbers of people are going to be intuitive mm -hmm. than there have been in the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when people see that somebody else can do it, it opens their belief system that maybe it's possible and mm -hmm. more people are going to be psychic. So I see this planet evolving towards being able to communicate telepathically in the mm -hmm. future mm -hmm. on a yeah. much higher level than we do at present time. Well, I, know, I know Rose reads my mind. It's, it's, well, no, it's, it's, it's when we're on that stunningly accurate because um, you know, it's like I'll be thinking about something and you know, she'll come into my office and go, what about this? It's like, okie dokie. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to ask. Yeah, it's like, oh, great, now I don't have to email it to you. <laughs> Just, there it is. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, and I know that my husband and I have that kind of bond. And, you know, it's very common when you're in a long-term relationship to have that sort of, and some people say, oh, well, it's just because you know each other and you know each other's patterns and you can just kind of predict. And it's like, well, no, because this is completely random stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know. Unpredictable. Yeah, it's like, you know, completely out of the blue, a subject maybe we've never talked about before or whatever, but it's just, bing, there it is. Um, so, um, but, but actually being, somebody being able to sit down and turn over three cards and say, okay, next Tuesday this is going to happen, and in six months this is going to happen, and in two years this is going to happen. A lot of people claim to be able to do that you know, because it's like, I think I can, and it's like, well, mm, don't think so. Um, so and I think it's good for people who are learning to read cards that they don't feel that they have to supply that information yes. or mm -hmm. that they're not yes. expected, that they don't have to expect that they, by looking at the cards, will right. automatically have those kind of answers. Mm -hmm. right. Because that's not what the tarot is about. It's mm -hmm. a tool for personal growth more than it is for giving people predictions. Mm -hmm. right. And it can really help other people by discussing the, the images and the symbols, mm -hmm. help them see more of their path, and it kind of sheds a light on the path. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't necessarily predict where their path ultimately yes. is mm -hmm. going and the date and the time. Yeah. But yes, some people can do that, but I'd say the majority cannot. Mm -hmm. And try to, if you're learning the tarot, don't put that expectation sure. that you have to yeah. have yeah. to have those kind of answers for people. And then you're making up stories and and then you get yourself in karma, mm -hmm. karmic right. trouble. Exactly. Yes. But at the same time, you can have um, readings that kind of relay a, a sense of a very strong possibility, um, intuitive um, quality that, that arises. And I find it curious that um, you felt strongly enough to not disclose a piece of information in one of your earlier readings and felt comfortable with that um, in that process. It's always good to have that option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like, do you have to say everything that comes through your mind, even if you're having a vision? Right. Because you can have a vision of someone having something that is very scary to you who are looking at it. I mean, myself who is looking at it. Mm -hmm. But do I want to put that fear vibration right. out, there. out there verbally and create that vision for somebody else? So if, if somebody says, what do, you, what do you see that's bad? What, what's going to happen to me that's bad? It's like, I hate that question, but I get it so often it's pathetic. Really? I was like, well, yeah, I get that. I was huh. like, well, what do you, do you see anything bad? Because I, I have a tendency to try to focus on, on the positive. On the positive. Mm -hmm. So they're always like, well, well what's bad's coming? 
Yes, I, I've heard that many a times. Hey, so, anybody actually tell, ask me to tell them something with bad is going to happen? If, you had haven't people, had anybody ask you that? No, I've had people not be happy with what I've told them. Um, but, you know, because there's one woman, she's done, she wouldn't tell me what her question was, she wouldn't tell me even just a gener generic idea of the issue. And she's getting pinnacle and pinnacle and wand and wand and pinnacle and wand and no majors. Um, one sword, no cups. So we get to the end and it's all about, you know, career and material things and ambition and goals and this and that and everything else. And then she goes, well, I'm really looking for a boyfriend. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I don't see a single cup card here. So this really is the time to be focusing on this. What the, what the cards are telling you right now is, you know, get your material house in order and get stuff together on the tangible level and, you know, maybe do something about your job because it's not working out. It's very seriously not working out where you, you are. You tell her to get Tarot de Amor and then look up those cards on the emotional <laughs> There you go. But, you know, it's like, well, okay. but it's like, but there's no is trying to say, pay attention to the real world. Yeah, it's like, yeah. there's not a single thing in here about, you know, you're going to meet Mr. Wonderful and get married and get a big house in the suburbs. And it, that's not what the Tarot is saying right now. Not that's right now, not no. where your attention needs to be. But she, that's all she wanted to hear was that she was going to meet Mr. Wright and it was all going to work out. But I've never had anybody say, well, tell me what bad is going to happen. That's, that's interesting. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, I just get people who are like, tell me when my boyfriend's going to propose to me. Never. Well, if you keep going like this, never. <laughs> keep pushing. Not a good idea. It's not a good idea. You know, keep pushing. Suggesting that you go to the bridal fair six weeks after you start dating is probably <laughs> a bit premature. Mm -hmm. Just say it. But a lot of those women and their, their mothers are pushing them to go to the bridal fair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, there's the pressure, there's mm -hmm. a, that element of pressure and expectation from mm -hmm. the family. And I always just kind of feel sorry for those women. Yeah. They yeah. say, oh, no, there's something wrong with me because I'm not fulfilling my parents' expectation that I'm going to be married by the time I'm 23 or something. Mm -hmm. like, oh, dear. Yeah, you know, my, my parents had the complete opposite attitude. My dad was like, you know, you'll get married when you feel like getting married. And my mom was you like, were lucky. And my mom was like, you know, if you get married before you're 25, I'll break both your arms. <laughs> okay. Clear on that, Mom. That's okay. It really wasn't intending to get serious about anything before I'm 25, you know. It's, there's lots of other stuff to do. Um, and, but, but she was so funny, she's like, you know, don't make my mistakes. I'm like, I'm making plenty of my own. I don't need to repeat yours. Exactly. <laughs> I will learn from your lessons because I have my own to do. <laughs> um, and it, uh, but I was very, very lucky in that regard and you know, never got the, you know, we want to be grandparents thing. My mom was completely opposite. She did not want to be a grandmother. And when my oldest brother and his wife were expecting their first, she was just horrified. She's like, but I'm not old enough to be a grandmother. But it's like, this is not about In you. Mind, right. Okay, this is not about you. <laughs> this is a time to be happy for, for, for your son and his wife, okay? Um, so yeah, complete opposite thing in my family. But there is so much social pressure. And mm -hmm. it's really interesting because um, now that, you know, it's, it's same-sex marriage is a big, big issue. And, you know, it's going to be several years before everything is resolved. Um, but in a lot of the readings we've been doing at the Renaissance Fairs and the Street Fairs, this issue's coming up more and more. Yeah. And, you know, I actually had my first homosexual male sit down and say, my mom's pressuring me to do a commitment ceremony with my partner. <laughs> like, okay, is this gender equality? No, no, this is not progress. <laughs> they, you know, men may now be experiencing these same kinds of pressures, um, but I don't think that's progress. So I don't think it's really gender equality. Um, I thought, well, okay. Um, let's look at, you know, your relationship with your mom and, you know, did the reading around that, but. You now with the gender question and the 
proposition about can people of the same sex get married and it didn't pass in California this past year. And everybody was so upset that what's wrong because everybody is talking about it that it should pass and right. we mm -hmm. have open minds. And I'm, I was going, you know, it really doesn't matter if it passes or not because I've been doing so many readings in the Bay Area where, because I started doing readings, well, 40 years ago. Yeah. Right? No way. Yeah, because I was 22. Oops, that tells you how old I am. But here we go. But at that, it, way back then, people were afraid to talk about being gay mm -hmm. or lesbian, or there was no willingness to talk about that openly, mm -hmm. or just a little, or it was always kind of like really, you know, we're going to keep the secret. Mm -hmm. And then over the decades, I've seen becoming more and more open, more and more open. Mm -hmm. And now I'll do readings for young women, and they'll go, well, I'm, I'm with a guy, but I'm really thinking that that woman, I really want to be with that woman. Or I'll be talking, doing a reading for a man, and he'll be going, well, I'm with a woman, but I really want to be with a man. It's just so open. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there's been so much advancement in people becoming more open-minded about their sexual preferences mm -hmm. and that we don't have to just be in a box. Mm -hmm. And sexual right. identity issues are not nearly as stressful, right. mm -hmm. don't at least in the Bay Area. Open about the conversation. Yeah. Right. And I thought I would never... When I started reading, there were, these conversations would never come up. Mm -hmm. And to hear these young, beautiful women, and they're like talking about their desire to be with women, and they're just like, you know, they're talking like if they were like making a cake or something. Mm -hmm. and I'm going, this is so different. <laughs> and people need to know it's already in our culture. It's, mm -hmm. an, it's an acceptable mm -hmm. fact. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And as far as this proposal passing or not, the mind shift has already occurred with mm -hmm. people accepting it as mm -hmm. being a part of it's normal. Mm -hmm. it's, it's in people's mind, they don't think that anything is different. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. Well, you know, even my 87-year-old grandmother has finally decided that, you know, same-sex marriage is okay because it's nobody else's business. Right. Yay! Which was, you know, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I was like, wow, wow. And, you know, she's you know, deeply entrenched in the Bible Belt. She lives in a very small town in a Bible Belt state, and, you know, that sort of thing just doesn't happen there. Wow. And yet, she's so like, she's you know, just really decided it's, it's nobody else's business. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, all right, Age of Aquarius, come on. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, so, so there is hope because... Mm -hmm. Because things are moving forward, even when people are saying, no, you can't have same-sex marriages. It's like, well, hey, guess what? <laughs> yeah, too late. <laughs> it's too late. The bird is out of the cage. Yes. yes. Yeah, you missed that one. You missed that memo, <laughs> clearly. Um, but, um, well, it, it's really interesting that you're talking about changes in the way people approach readings and the subjects that come up oh, over the I time you've been reading. Oh, I have stories about that. Oh, my, my, my. Anything you would like to share? <laughs> well, well, the question I would ask is, have you used the same deck over the length of time you've been reading for others? I have my first deck. It's wrapped in a, a cloth, mm -hmm. a silk sari cloth. Mm. And that is my deck. Wow. That's only my deck because I know what's happened to my other, the 20 decks that I've used in the past decades. Mm -hmm. They're all shredded. Mm -hmm. So the one that my first one, my first love, which mm -hmm. was a weight deck, mm -hmm. it, it's my personal deck and that's the one I use for my readings. Oh, that's wonderful. And it travels with you? It, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. It stays in a very safe spot. I've lost decks mm -hmm. and people have 
I mean, I don't know why they just disappear or a couple cards disappear or somebody has to have the card. And I'm going, well, if you have to have the card that much, just take it. It's only yeah. a card. You know? <laughs> so um, I'm, I probably, uh, I, I've shredded a number of decks from using them. Mm -hmm. So I, the one, that one that's truly my deck is my deck. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. well, you know, if you've got decks that are missing cards, you should contact Falasa and ask her to look through her broken decks. <laughs> she's got decks. the cauldron of broken decks that she's used on her life. She could probably, you know, whatever it is, she's probably got one in there that you could have. Well, whenever that happens, I always go, okay, that's the sign from the universe I'm supposed to open a new deck, deck. of cards. Mm -hmm. Because I do love cards, and, mm -hmm. you know, so I always have to be like, checking out new cards, buying mm -hmm. new decks, it's like at some point you have to open them. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's kind of like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because no. No, I'm a cardaholic. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it, absolutely. It, it, just, absolutely. it happens, right? It just As happens. everybody at the table like, is oh. nodding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We each have a collection. Yeah, as, um, we, we did a little social last weekend and um, basically just ended up sitting around my living room and playing with all these decks, some of which you know, literally I've had for years and we're still in shrink wrap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then some of them, it's like, I have decks you've never seen. And like, no way. It's like, yeah. Because there's a... Um, Isn't that fun when you get a... Yeah. Wow, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen that yeah, one. Yeah, there's, there's this um, 19, vintage 1977 deck. Um, and I'm completely blanking. It was the oh. one wrapped in the... Paper. paper, the feminist. Yeah, it's, it's um, like um, the, the women's vintage. feminist tarot from yeah. 1977 or something. <laughs> and I would not have guessed. I really wouldn't have. Um, You're I'm being like, kind, but thank no, you. No, no, I'm being truthful. Um, I'm, I'm a vintage really thought, model. <laughs> no, I thought you were like my peer age-wise. Um, but um, I'm like, okay, I know I have at least one deck that nobody in this room has ever seen. And I was right. I was like, yes, that's so cool. Um, <laughs> but I was like pulling out deck after deck after deck after deck. I'm like, huh. No, I don't have a problem. I just like cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, go, you don't have a problem. You don't go to meetings. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Cardaholics Anonymous. Um, but no, it, it's... Um, How many readings do you do for yourself a day? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I pull my card for the day in the morning. Mm -hmm. Just to kind of, you know, what am I going to... What do I need to pay attention to today? And... Mm -hmm. um, you know, usually it's something along the lines of, you know, remember your hat when you leave the house and did you unplug the, did you turn off the coffee maker? Yeah, right. Um, but then other days, you know, it's like flip over. There was one period of my life where things were really complicated. My card for the day during this one given week, um, four towers. Oh. Um, two chariots, one reversed. And what was the other major that came up? Um, oh, hangman. That's what the week ended on. Oh. And it was that kind of week. I'm like, okay, maybe this card a day thing I'm not so thrilled with right now. <laughs> I was like, the card did not create the day. I'll just have to remember the card did not create the day. Just because I pulled the tower card, it still would have been a crappy day. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, card did not create the day. It's just reminding you that this could happen, be prepared. Yeah, and then, and then the next week was all like really nice and mellow and lots of minors and nothing complicated. And I needed it after that week. But, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, wow. You know, four towers in seven days. Hmm. There's a message there. Mm -hmm. Wear your hard hat. That's what I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, yeah. black vest. Um, you know, it's, it's bring along the, the dynamite. Use your swing. birth control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but it's, 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 you know, be careful backing out of the driveway kind of mm -hmm. days. It's like, okay, fine. 
Um, but no, it's, it's I don't do multiple readings for myself in a day, mostly because of time. But I think the card at the beginning of the day and the card at the end of the day kind of anchors the day and helps me keep focused. Um, okay, she is a cardaholic, folks. Yes, that that's that. When someone admits that, yeah, that, well, that's you know, the proof. But you know, admitting it is the first step towards. <laughs> oh, screw, you know, I'm happy being a cardaholic. I really don't care. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, it's like my only vice left. I, you know, I've never been a smoker. I you know reformed from all my wild, wicked ways of my youth. And basically, I have tarot cards and chocolate. I'm not giving them up. That's it. <laughs> That's good. That's a good addiction. Good place to be. Yeah. So with your experience of having read um, over the years, um, what advice would you give to new young readers uh, just getting exposed to the Tarot experience? Or if you don't want to take the responsibility of giving advice, you could just offer some suggestions. Well, here is my thought on that. I love the advice they can give me mm. because they're coming into this totally open, virginal and they haven't the experience that I have. And so when I can look through their eyes mm -hmm. or when they're willing to... It's not being conditioned over years. They're, they're not conditioned. Fresh. And to right. see young people, how psychic they are and how they can do these hoops that I had to like, you know, I had to work a while to get that comfortable. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure there's different levels of people coming in as readers, but I, I loved more to hear what their insights are because it gives me something that I can't give myself, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but if I was going to give advice over my years <laughs> of doing it, is I have to think about that. Just off one second. Uh, you know, do it with your heart open and you'll, you'll always be on the right path. And you have to balance your, your, your intellect with your intuition so that you're not just trying to visualize things they need to be a little grounded so that people can use the information and it can be practical instead of airy-fairy mm -hmm. so you're giving somebody something that's actually usable in their more possibly more traditional lifestyle mm -hmm. but to just enjoy your work because you don't get paid enough if you don't and we, we, I mean, we can get paid, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's, you're putting out, doing readings, you're putting out your heart and soul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you're enjoying what you're doing. Don't be afraid to tell somebody you don't want to read them mm -hmm. if you don't want to. You know, don't let other people manipulate you and ask you to do psychic gymnastics that you don't feel comfortable doing to, to, to play their ego games. Right. Mm -hmm. And knowing that you have the right to... You have the right to take care of yourself, and that needs mm -hmm. to be bottom line if you're going to continue being a reader. You can't do it just for other people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. As I know, one of the things is people say, you know, this, I didn't want to read for this person, but I went ahead and did it, and I just and it turned out bad. awful. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. the reading didn't go well, the client wasn't happy, and then the reader wasn't happy with themselves. And, you know, I've been there, because it's just like, oh, yeah, no, I can do this. Because yeah. you're just like, I, I can do one more, and it's fine. And you're too tired, and you shouldn't. And you're too tired, and, and when you, you find yourself saying... Haven't we all been there? Yeah, and, and you find yourself saying... You get oh, talked into it. Whenever you say, oh, sure, I can do that, that's when you shouldn't do it. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of my... If I find myself saying, oh, sure, I can do that, or oh, I can make that work, that those big red flags, I should not go down that path. Right. But you're generally tired and not thinking straight, so you just, oh, sure, I can do that, da, 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 and then it just, it's like, it oh, this is so Wrong. Awful. And Or they'll say, I just want a little, can you just answer one little question, and then they sit down, and it's like, uh, you know, they need an hour, <laughs> yeah. and you've yeah. already given all your energy, and you're drained, and you mm -hmm. just really want to go home, and you're like sitting there 
stuck because their one question is like life threatening, and if you don't like cure them out, you know, there's serious consequences. They're going to go jump like, off a bridge, and yeah. yeah. It's, it's, so it, it's like you really have to pay attention to how to kind of monitor your own in energy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and not just think you can be there all the time mm -hmm. because other people think mm -hmm. that you are a reader, therefore you're infinite and right. available. Mm -hmm. and well, being can... present for yourself, so mm -hmm. you can be mm -hmm. present for them That's as well. That's very well said. Because yeah. when, when we do the fairs, you know, it's high energy, you know, whether it's a street fair, renaissance fair, lots of people, lots Where of things. Where do you do going. your renaissance fair? Which one? Um, we do the Golden Gate Renaissance Fair, which is here in San Francisco, mm -hmm. and um, Valhalla Renaissance Fair, which is two weekends up in Lake Tahoe. Oh, you do that one. Which um, is beautiful. It is like hands down the most gorgeous Renfair site I've ever been on. Because, um, you know, it's Tahoe and there's trees and there's mountain air and it's lovely and people are really pleasant. And, and, and it's a nice environment. You know, you don't have this frenetic urban thing. Because, like, Golden Gate Fair, even though you're in the park, there's still this kind of urban energy underlying it all. Mm -hmm. um, but, and then we do the Castro Street Fair, which is really intense. There are lots and lots of people, lots and lots of sunshine, and lots of alcohol. Um, yeah. which, that always, you know, it's like, yeah. Reading for people that are drunk is not the yep. easiest thing yeah. to do, because yeah. you're matching your energy with their energy, and all of a sudden you're drunk, too. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, like, oh. Well, the first year we did it, they actually, the, the space they put us in was outside a bar. Oh, I'm like, okay, we're just going to, like, put up, you know, put up some shields and spritz bozo be gone and mm. just do our best. and. So then the next year we signed up for it, I put a note on our application, please do not put us outside a bar. <laughs> that doesn't work very well for us. And they were the, the organizers, superb people, really great to work with, very oh, accommodating. Yeah. Oh, sure, no problem. And moved us to a different spot away from the alcohol. And um, had an easier time. Yeah, and did just phenomenally well. And people were tired at the end of the day, but not depleted in the same kind of way because right, we weren't exactly. having to shield from all that weird, wild drunkenness. Nope. You know, we were further up a hill, and people, you know, don't, people don't walk as far up the hill, I guess. No, they um, don't. But, um, but yeah, but, but the, the, the readings can be really intense, and it's really easy to get caught up and carried away in that energy, mm -hmm. and you're just kind of running off of that, and you're actually depleted, need to take a break. So I will check in with the readers and say, do you need a break? You've been reading, you know, three hours without moving from your table. I think you need to get up and move around and drink some water and, yeah. you know, because we keep water and snacks and things, but I think you need to, like, get up and walk around and kind of shake, you know, physically shake out and mentally shake out and then come back and sit down and start reading again. And, and you know, I know there's a trouble sign when they're going, no, I'm fine. <laughs> and they have that glassy look, it's like, get out now and I don't want to see you for half an hour. And they come back and go, I feel so much better. It's like, yes, you do. And I feel much better now <laughs> because you did that. Um, but one of the things you were talking about, people who just, oh, I just want a quick question and then they want all the An time hour. in the world. Yeah. Uh, we actually have sand timers, hourglasses, mm -hmm. that we use. Um, and so people have this very visual way to track of how much time they have left. So they need to focus on what's important because when the sand runs out, that's it. They're done. Yep. Unless they want to pay for a second reading. And most people are like, no, no, you have to answer all my questions in one reading. It's like, it's a 15-minute reading. And the people sit down and say, I want to, I want to do you know, a 27-card entire life coming year universe reading. Dude, we have 15 minutes and it's a street fair. Here's my card, call me later. Yeah, this is not really the time or the place to do that kind of in-depth, intensive work. You know, it's, it's, it's a street fair, and I just, you know, it doesn't quite fly. Um, like, oh. Well, at least you know how to set boundaries. It's always been one of my issues, is mm -hmm. how to, especially after you've been in a situation where you've been reading like two or three hours, your own ability to protect yourself mm -hmm. wanes because mm -hmm. you're kind of in that 
reading zone, which mm -hmm. is you're totally open mm -hmm. and trying to heal the world. Mm -hmm. And of course, you want to help that person. They only have a short question. Mm -hmm. So it's really so much harder after you've been working a long time to put up shields, mm -hmm. at least for me. I like your idea about the the minute glass, but mm -hmm. whenever I've tried them, they usually wind up sitting on their side and I <laughs> ignore them because, of course, the person's having some issue that's like, oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a sucker. Well, you know, I guess it's also because you know, it, it, my 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 early professional career, I worked um, in law firms. Oh, well, where there you know, you life go. is measured by the billable minute. Yep. And you know, it's it's You've got a time foundation. is that time is tracked in tenths of an hour. You know, it's six minutes. So for me, you know, it, time is money, and if I give somebody extra time and they're not giving me extra money, you get annoyed. Well, it's, I can get annoyed yeah, too. Well, but it's, it's, well, it depends on you know if it's like a reading I'm enjoying and I'm learning something that's really that I can carry forward to other readings. That's great. But if it's somebody who's just needing at me, it's like no, this is a boundary in 15 minutes, and that's it. Mm -hmm. If you want another 15 minutes, you pay for that. Um, and you know, and it also depends on the person, the situation, blah 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 blah. But I'm really tight on the time, particularly when we're reading at events, because you know we're there to read, and we're there to reach out to people and spread the word about tarot because it's fabulous and everybody should have a tarot reading on a regular basis. Um, but also, you know, this is reality. We're making money, and you know, time time is money. You have to pay but, for your and, booth being there. People cool. sometimes yeah, right. do not realize that you're paying for that to yeah, that space. table yeah, and, to be and, there, yeah, and, and rather and it's handsomely. Not cheap. Right, yeah, well, and so. also I think they also need to remember too that we're not there to make money by saying, okay, well let me, I won't answer that question this time unless you, you pay more. It's we're going to give you everything we can in that 15 minutes and give them a bound, their own boundaries so they can focus themselves too mm -hmm. versus, you know, what we hear on Oh, like a lot, a lot of the, of, a lot of like the psychic friend lines and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff. You know, the I, that it's it's you know you keep the collar on as long as possible. When their time is up, you just say, oh well, let's go some more time and get them to say yes. And right. then you've been on the phone with them three hours and their credit card's maxed out. Right, and but that's that's you know grotesquely and unethical. Don't know what happened? I feel so yeah. sorry for people. I've heard stories from right. people about mm -hmm. that. I just feel so bad that people can be manipulated into spending money and exactly. mm -hmm. that they didn't plan on spending so mm -hmm. that somebody maybe will be able to tell them something to take the pressure That's off. Right. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, frankly, they could have, you know, gone off for a cup of coffee with a friend for an hour and gotten the same answer, answer for the price of a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, but, but, but setting clear boundaries, because also I'm very protective of my readers. <laughs> yes. You know, because I've worked a lot of gigs by myself and I'm like, I want somebody here to be kind of a gatekeeper and I'm in the middle of a reading, I don't want somebody else coming up and trying to get their reading yes. ahead of time or whatever. Right. And so that's why, you know, it's when we set up, we have a very open and welcoming environment, but right up front, we have the registration table. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm there working it. Um, usually Andrew or Rose are there with me. And we're the gatekeepers, and it's like, no, you can't just wander on in and start bothering my readers. Um, you know, it's 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 you know, is your intent genuine? And yep. you know, let, they understand let's, the let's, rules. You know, and and also you know, setting their expectations correctly, mm -hmm. um, because you know, it, again, being in San Francisco with its wacky fortune teller law. Um, you know, we have to have all these disclaimers. We don't. We're not psychic. We don't predict the future. We're not going to tell you who you should or shouldn't marry. I mean, the the, the San Francisco ordinance about fortune telling is like almost a page long about how fortune telling is defined. So we say to people, we don't do these things, and no reputable psychic would, frankly. True. <laughs> it's like uh, you don't tell people who to marry or not to marry or to make a will or to name somebody in a will. Just on and on and on and on. Basically, it's based on all the fortune tellers who built people out of money. 
Yeah. And they and figured that's out. that's still happening. I and just, this is it's just amazing. astonishing. Like, it just happens. And I go, you know, here I am charging like a minimal fee. And then these people that are charlatans, they get like $300,000. Yeah. And it's, it's like. crazy. Yeah, but your focus is on a different level. Yeah, and, and you. you know, and you know, it's you Thank know, heavens. integrity yeah. is important, <laughs> and also doing the right thing for your client. And I don't mm -hmm. think taking you know every cent out of your client's retirement account is so that you can buy enough. a Mercedes is ethical. No, right? I just you know, it's, it's not. No, um, good. But, We're on but, the same page. Though. Yeah, yes. yeah, but but you know, but the reason we set up that scheduling table up front is it's like no, it's let us handle it and and manage the flow of the clients. Um, so that they're not just like randomly pouncing on the readers, because right. occasionally a client will come up. It's like, I'll read for you, because you know they're just giving off that weird vibe, and it's like, I can't pay any of my readers enough to read for this person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is going to be a difficult person. Nothing is going to make them happy. Let me just deal with this person. Right. Um, and you know, as you know, the, the business owner, I think part of my job is making sure that my readers have a positive experience. Um, it's not always pleasant, but there's nothing else that could be learned from. Um, but there are certain things that it's just people should not have to put up with. And I think of all the things I put up with as a solo reader, and it's like, okay, I'm going to do my best to make sure that none of my readers have to put up with this stuff. You um, are so. a mother. I guess. I guess. It sounds very maternal. But you're well, taking it, care of your children. Well, it's, 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 you know, I don't think of them as my children. It's just, you but know. I know, but, but it, it, it's, when I'm listening to you, you're sounding like mm -hmm. a concerned Parent. Yeah, well, I want to make sure my, you know, because you know enough stuff and nonsense happens anyway. Oh yes. Because you know some people There's are really good at masking and this and that, and then sometimes I'm just not there or I'm dealing with another difficult client or whatever. Um, but I do think it is very important, um, and I also want to convey to the clients that it's important to treat the readers with respect. Right. That, you know, they're not the hired help. You know, they're not, not invisible and faceless. Serve their needs. Right. Yes, no. you know, it's like we're, we're not, human too. Yeah, we're right. not the well, call based girls. Based on the environment boys. that she creates, we've found that over the length of time we've been doing the uh, the events on the same sites that we're getting repeat customers now. Mm -hmm. They're coming back because they enjoy the environment, they enjoy the insight, and I, I think there's a, an understanding that we're walking with them in their journey. So when you were mentioning the charlatans and stuff, charlatans have their own goal. On that, it's not a goal that's uh, in a synergetic uh, effort with the person that you're reading with, and and I think we try to uh, emulate that when we read. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, and, and you know, it's another reason that I screen my readers because you know we'll get inquiries. I need a reader for party, but I want somebody who's good, or I want somebody who's honest because they've had a bad experience, or they know somebody who's had a bad experience. It's like okay, all my readers are screened. I don't just find people on Craigslist and send them out to parties. Nope. <laughs> now there are services that do that. It's like, okay, I've got a party coming up, and they'll post on Craigslist and just send whoever applies first that will work for $15 an hour. Um, it's like, you know, all my readers are screened. They all do auditions. You know, we have the same philosophical outlook. Mm -hmm. You know, we wouldn't all interpret the cards the same way, but we have the same approach about how we approach our clients mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the, the way that, you know, we have to approach them with respect professional consideration and that we are professionals not just people who are flinging cards around because it's easier than working for a living because yeah. it's not, <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it, it is a way of working for a living and it is definitely right livelihood but it is still a lot of work it's a lot it's it's very enjoyable work but it's still work mm -hmm. so. anyway well great well thank you so much cooch this has been a lot of fun it yes. has been. i mean i only ever get to see you at you know 
San Francisco bats or something, and well, we nice, never like nice have time to out more about all of you. Yes, usually. yeah, <laughs> and, and, but usually we're at bats and everything's going on, and we don't have time to like just sit down and talk. So right. it's really so great that fun. you could come 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 down from the Great Northlands and join us. So I'm delighted. Do you have any new projects that are coming up? I have. Um, a, in fact, I should be home editing the <laughs> material right now. Um, there's 420 pages of materials that has oh, just yes. been sent back from Inner Traditions, and I, it's due back to them on the 28th of this month. Uh, my partner and I have co-written a book called Matrix Meditations, mm -hmm. and it's a book on blending the heart and the mind in, in different meditative exercises that focus on different aspects of consciousness. Ooh. So it's uh, a lot of different meditation techniques to try to heal and, and align the, the heart and the mind. Mm -hmm. wow. And wow. that comes out in August this year. Oh, well. excellent. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. And it's already, it's already online on Inner Traditions, are already marketing it, so I know I can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Very important. Don't want to upset the publisher. Uh, wow. Well, congratulations. Thank yeah. You. And um, it sounds like it would be really useful just for um, personal development. Just That's, It's really for know. inner development and becoming more in tune with your inner dialogue and mm -hmm. how to increase personal awareness and mm -hmm. be more balanced inwardly. Mm -hmm. Which I think particularly these days people are thinking more about they're not just giving lip service to, but yeah. they're actually... You know, now that the world has melted down financially, and people are saying, "Okay, you know, it's 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 not just so, about money and going to the mall." Yeah, and yeah. you know, and yet, you know, th there's this cycle because you know this is not the first time it's happened in my life, mm. and you know, and then talking with my grandmother, and you know, she's like, "Oh yeah, this happens every so often." Da da da, and I can tell you, and, you know, this time, this time, this time. Um, but it's really interesting because, you know, again, it's this huge global thing. It's not just localized. It's mm -hmm. not just, oh, well, the housing market in the Midwest collapsed. It's, this is global. Everything's happened. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, because usually it's like, oh, well, you know, like in the 70s when all the steel mills and all the industrial went out in the, in the Northeast in the U.S. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, that's just in the Northeast. It's not affecting everybody else. And it's like, no, now this is really global and everybody's having to stop and pay attention to this. Mm -hmm. um, and people are actually seeming more open to receiving information about, well, how do I create meaning in my life? How and, do I get rid of stress? You know, how do I manage, you know, how do I get to what's important to myself? How do I even figure out what's important to myself? Mm -hmm. Because again, a lot of times, you know, people sit down and go, you know, I don't know, you know, it's like, well, you know, you know, this, this card is about, you know, reaching some goal, you know, is there something you're working on? It's like, well, you know, I don't even know what I want to do. Right. And a so, lot of people are needing to reinvent, reinvent their life, mm -hmm. their livelihoods, mm -hmm. and rethink what truth is. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we're being forced. It's being forced upon us. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's it's. You can either accept the message from the universe the first time it comes, and move forward, or you can ignore it, and then it'll send you a little bit stronger message. <laughs> yeah. And you can choose to accept it or ignore it, or then it will send you a tower event, and then you really can't ignore you it can't anymore. Ignore it. You know, it's like take the Valentine Metro instead of the Telegram. Time. Okay, yeah, exactly. you know, it's it's it's. I'll take a Valentine over Telegram any day, and um, 
So great. Well, I'm really looking forward to that then, and that's Inner Traditions Press, mm -hmm. right? Wonderful. Well, thanks so much, Kush, and this has been Thank you just all very great. much. Thank, thank all you. of you. It's um, really been fun. Great. And thank you, Rose. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you, Artis. Thank you. Thank you to Christoph, our engineer. Yay. To all of our thank listeners. Thank you, Anastasia. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you to all our listeners. If you have uh, comments or you have questions or suggestions for future podcasts, drop us a note, podcast at tarotpathways.com, and we'll get back to you. Thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.